No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. Every year at this time in Cooperstown, New York, there is an enshrinement ceremony. This year, Mike Messina, Edgar Martinez, and Mariano Rivera were all inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Our next guest, Galen White, has written a book about players who will never be in the Hall of Fame, but who are legends nevertheless. The book is Left on Base in the Bush Leagues. And Galen White joins us now to talk about some of the most legendary minor leaguers of all time. With the caveat, these are legendary minor leaguers, Galen, who never made it up to the bigs, or even close, most of them. This is true, although Joe Taylor, who was featured in one of the chapters in the book, several of the players who played with him and against him believed that had he been able to stay sober, Joe Taylor would be in the Hall of Fame. In fact, one of his teammates referred to him as a potential black Babe Ruth. So that was Joe Taylor. He had cups and coffee in St. Louis, Cincinnati, and Baltimore, but he couldn't beat the bottle. And, and you know, some of these players are um, larger than life, even though they never got... There was always some fatal flaw. There was always something that was uh, preventing them from taking that next step to becoming a major league legend. And, and even though they didn't get that kind of exposure, they still... Um, built up these myths around themselves. You know, when I think of players of this ilk, and one of the players you focus on, of course, is Steve Dalkowski, who many people still think threw a baseball harder than anyone else ever. Almost everybody you talk with who saw Steve Dalkowski pitch believed that he threw harder than anyone else. In fact, Cal Ripken's father, who caught him in the minors, uh, was uh, adamant about him throwing harder than Nolan Ryan, for example. Uh, Jack McKeon, who uh, is familiar with, very familiar with Steve Dalkowski, uh, thought he threw harder. So it's pretty unanimous that Steve Dalkowski was the hardest throwing pitcher ever. At the same time, he was a very hard drinker, and he, he was an alcoholic. And so it was that drinking that kept him uh, uh, out of the majors. He got close, but he had an injury at spring training just about the time that everybody thought he was going to make. In fact, he had his own Topps baseball card. But he hurt himself and never made it to the majors. And there were control issues as well. Well, his nick, one of his nicknames was Whiff or Walk Dalkowski. One year at Stockton, he walked 262 in the season and struck out 262. It was the uh, Dalkowski uh, was the inspiration for the character Nuke LaRouche in the movie Bull Durham. LaRouche, yes, LaRouche. We're speaking with Galen White about his new book, which is titled left on base in the Bush Leagues. Um, it, it's it's the story, as we've been talking about, of some of the most legendary minor leaguers of all time. It, and it's also about a time, Galen, when the minor leagues were much bigger than they are now. The minor leagues, as we now know them, you know, there's AAA, AA, and A ball, and you got rookie league stuff as well. But, uh, you know, in the first half of the 20th century, as you document here, we went all the way down to D-ball, and there was low D-ball. This was the system that Branch Rickey had built in St. Louis in the 1920s, um, where baseball just gobbled up everybody and spit them through this process to see uh, who would emerge as a major leaguer. How Do we have a sense of just um, 
how big the minor leagues were at their biggest? At the high point was 1949 when there were 59 leagues oh. and 447 towns with teams. The the cover of the book uh, it was taken at Dodger Town. It appeared on Beach. Uh, the Life magazine cover April 5, 1948, and it shows 515 rookies at Dodger Town. That was just the Dodgers spring training camp. And these guys are looking up at the camera. There's two things about that photograph that are telling. They're all white faces. And, of course, the number of 515 just in the Dodgers uh, spring training camp alone. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It was a totally different system. Of course, it was already changing by the time the draft uh, was initiated in, what was that, about 65? Rick Monday was the first number one overall pick, right? Well, an expansion prior to that in 61, that was the first expansion. Uh, that uh, The miners were already um, uh, shrinking prior to that, you know, television, air conditioning. And then what a lot of people don't realize is the impact that Little League had on minor league baseball. Uh, there's a chapter in the book called Father, Son, and Little League. It's about Tom Jordan Jr., Tom Jordan Sr., who was a, a great minor leaguer. He's currently the oldest living major league player. He'll turn 100 in September. But Tom had a 338 batting average over 18 seasons. His son in 1956, Tom Jordan Jr., pitched and hit Roswell to the Little League World Series. And Roswell alone, the attendance of the minor league game, went from well over 50,000, 60,000 people a season down to 17,000. And, of course, it continued to shrink. So Little League Baseball contributed also to the demise of uh, the minors. And I'm assuming, we're speaking with Galen White, that the impact is, I mean, no one's ever called me a brain surgeon, um, that the, the kids are playing so they can't attend the games. That's true. And, of course, the parents and the grandparents, rather than go see some uh, professional who they really don't know up until they're coming to town, uh, you know, they went to see their kids or grandkids. These these players, though, in the towns they played in were celebrities, were heroes. Uh, Joe Bauman, who I write about in the book, the all-time home run king in the minors with 72 home runs in 1954 at Roswell in only 138 games. He was uh, bunion air. Thin air. There was some thin air in Roswell, wasn't there? Yeah, there was thin air and altitude, yes. But he could also hit a ball a long ways. He was 6'5", 245 pounds. And, you know, Joe uh, missed Seven, there were seven lost years, you might say, in his career, four in the military, in the Navy, and then three, he left organized baseball to play semi-pro ball because he got into contract dispute with the Boston Braves. So, uh, But he was one of those heroes, and there were many other heroes in these small towns across America. And, of course, you know, one of the uh, amazing things about Joe Bauman, I grew up, you know, 72 home runs, that seemed unfathomable that anybody could do that at any level. And now, of course, the major league record is officially 73, held by Barry Bonds. We're speaking with Galen White about his new book, Left on Base in the Bush Leagues. Of of all the stories that you've documented, and you've spent a lifetime collecting stories about uh, the low minor leagues and the legendary players uh, who gained popularity in them. Who is the the one player you think had things, if he just had a little bit better timing, a little bit better luck, might have ended up as a real Hall of Famer? Joe Brovia. Uh, he was a Ring Lardner type character who came up through San Francisco Played in the Coast League almost his entire career. Did not get into the majors until age 33. And then he only lasted 37 days because 
All he did was pinch hit. He was a bad fielder, a great hitter. Uh, people who saw him play say he could hit a fastball as good as Ted Williams. He had a little bit of trouble with the junk, but not that much. Had he come around, uh, come along at the time, the DH, he would have been one of the great hitters. Uh, that, so that's an issue of timing. Uh, there are several other players, I think, in the book who, Ron Nechai, who Branch Rickey referred to as the greatest, uh, uh, had the greatest stuff of any pitcher he ever ha- had play for him, including, including Dizzy Dean. Ron Nechai struck out 27 in a nine-inning game in Bristol, Virginia in 1952. He was pitching for the Pirates, made the jump from Class D to the Majors within one season. He went into the Army, hurt his arm, came out, never pitched another game in the Majors. He struck out 27. How many hits did he give up? None. It was a no-hitter. So it's the only time that's been done in history in terms of 27 strikeouts in a nine-inning game. And so it's 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 considered the number one uh, record. And, of course, nobody's going to break that record again any more than anybody's going to break the record of Bob Cruz, who in 1948 hit 69 home runs, tying the then-season record for home runs. He drove in 254 runs. That's another record that will never be broken. That makes Hack Wilson look uh, unproductive. Um, we're speaking again with Galen White about his book, Left on Base in the Bush Leagues. And when all these, you know, you said there there were, what, 450 some odd towns, 540 towns that had minor league teams at one point uh, around the, the middle of the 20th century. What, what has America lost with the um, disintegration of the low minor leagues? Well, in launching this book, uh, Jeremy, I've gone to the small towns and the passion for baseball is still there. And it kind of left me to conclude that pro baseball left these small towns. They didn't leave pro baseball. The passion is still there. The memories are still there. Um, I went to Big Spring, Texas, which uh, basically used Cuban players to become the Yankees of Class D baseball in the 40s and early 50s. Their their support uh, for baseball is huge. They still follow it. And uh, their pride in the team that they had at that time is still great. The manager, Pat Stacy who uh, won three batting titles, by the way, playing for this team, and he was pretty much the only non-Cuban in the lineup. He brought close to 200 Cubans to the U.S., and one of them, in turn, brought 37 members of his family from Cuba, saving them from Castro. So the story of Big Spring, Texas, is not just a story about baseball. It's a story about life. Some remarkable stories in Left on Base in the Bush Leagues, Galen White's new book about the low minor leagues and the legendary players who were stars in the Bush Leagues. Galen, thank you so much for joining us here on The Sporting Life. Thank you very much, Jeremy. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.